0: Welcome to Indispensable, where we provide you with evidence-based medication advice so that you can feel empowered about your own health. I'm your host, Anna Barwick, and I'm an experienced clinical pharmacist, academic, and PhD candidate. Join me as we hear from the medication experts, pharmacists. Episode 3, gestational diabetes. Even Olympians get it. Vivian Su is an accredited pharmacist and credentialed diabetes educator who completed a Bachelor of Pharmacy degree in Western Australia. Since then, she has studied psychology, Chinese medicine, diabetes education, weight management and nutrition coaching. For over 20 years, she has worked in universities, hospitals and community pharmacies. She currently collaborates with over 300 doctors, including general practitioners, endocrinologists, obstetricians and other medical specialists in Brisbane and on the Gold Coast. Hi Viv, I'm just wondering what is gestational diabetes mellitus or GDM?
1: Yes, GDM is a form of diabetes that only occur during pregnancy. And what happens is basically it's the hormones that's produced by placenta during the pregnancy. Some, some of them has counter effect of insulin. So it makes insulin less effective. And then what happens is if the pregnant lady's body um, pan- pancreas is unable to produce enough insulin to cover the extra need for the baby, then the blood sugar level can go up and that's when that can actually show up in the test.
0: Okay. And so why do some women get it and some don't?
1: That's a very good question. Now, nice. so for example, one of my patients is actually an Olympian. <laughs> Uh So she was very upset to find out that she had gestational diabetes. And a very common misconception is the pregnant ladies, they will blame themselves. They think, oh, it must be me doing the wrong thing. But a lot of times there's actually nothing to do with what they've done. It's just just very hard to predict who will get it. Um, But there are some patients patients we can um, actually kind of predict they are more likely to get it. So for example, if you are pregnant after you are 40 years or over, or if they have family history of type 2 diabetes, or if the pregnant lady's mom or sister that had gestational diabetes, or if the pregnant lady is actually um, overweight or obese, and people from um, Torres Strait Island or Aboriginal culture, that actually are at high risk as well. And sometimes it will be some uh, ethnic as Chinese actually, Southeast Asian Middle Eastern people or Indian background. And obviously if you had previous, um, if you had gestational diabetes in the previous pregnancy, you're more likely to have it. Or if you have polycystic ovary syndrome, Oh, some patients will never diagnose but have large babies. So if any of your babies were 4.5 kilos or more when they were born, it is likely you had gestational diabetes, but you were just not diagnosed. And for some group would be patients who are taking antipsychotics or steroid medications. And another group that's very common is um, pregnant ladies who actually put on a lot of weight in the first half of the pregnancy.
0: Okay, so it could actually, there's, there's a little bit of a diet link there.
1: Yes, for for some patients they are, but for some patients there they isn't any at all. No, so well,
0: it is very
1: hard.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, obviously not for your um, Olympian patient anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, she was, you should hear her. She was so mad. She was like, I eat healthy, I train every day. And when I look at her diet, she was eating healthier than I am. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah. So, so I imagine that's quite, you know, disappointing too to, to pregnant mm. women because it's something that they need to be really um, aware of. So how do you get tested and, and diagnosed with GDM? All right, that's a very good question. So most patients,
1: their they, obstetrician was sent them for uh, OGTT, which stands for oral glucose tolerance test. And that you that will be done in your lab either qml or any other lab and then basically the patient have to fast overnight before they do the test and they will, the blood sugar level will be checked by a their fasting level and after that they'll be checked at one hour and two hours after but meanwhile the patient have to sit and wait between the tests. but for the group with the risk factors that i've mentioned before then they would be sent to have those ones done. Some patients, um, their optician will send them to have it done as early as eight weeks, actually. And then they obviously will be doing follow up after that as well.
0: Okay, yeah, and it's not very pleasant. I've actually had to do it and you fast beforehand and you feel quite queasy, <laughs> you yeah. know, from yeah. a lack of food. And then you have this kind of sugar hit. So it's not not always a particularly pleasant experience, but it is quite useful for kind of diagnosing this, isn't it?
1: Yes, unfortunately that's the only one we actually use at the moment. Yes.
0: Indispensable advice for you. And so if a woman is diagnosed with uh, gestational diabetes, how is that generally managed? What would you tell your patients? Yeah, so
1: first start up we like I will just go through what we just talked about before to help them understand. And the second thing I will reassure them like it can be managed well and so usually we start with diet modifications and then i also encourage them to do some physical activities and depending on what stage they are and also how severe their levels are some patients will be put on medications or injections right away but 90 percent of patients can start with um, diet management for a month And then we'll get them to check their sugar levels, do their fastings and two hours after each meal. And obviously going back to see their opposition for follow-up on the weights and everything else. And if after a month we can't get the result any better, or even depending on the level of the blood glucose level, sometimes even two weeks after, they'll be started medication.
0: Okay, and so with testing their sugar levels do do women do that at home on their own? Yeah, so what what happens is I'll sign them up to
1: NDSS and then give them a free glucometer, and teach them how to use the meter and how to interpret the readings and Give them a wrench and the funny thing is um Everywhere, there's a slightly different uh, reference range and because I work in Gold Coast as well as Brisbane, and just between Gold Coast and Brisbane, we have different range. And in between obstetricians and endocrinologists and GPs and hospitals, that's also different range as well. So I always have to remember where I'm working, who I'm working with, and then give the patient the reference accordingly.
0: So that could be a little bit confusing then. So that's wonderful that you can help them out, you know, as pharmacists can, um, by telling them, you know, what's normal and what what should be, you know, um, considered a, something that should be kind of followed up a little bit further as well.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. Like pharmacists definitely play a big role because sometimes some of the things patients take over the counter can actually increase their blood sugar levels. Okay, and so what are some examples of that then Viv? Um, so, sometimes if patients, they like, I mean, for, for example, some patients have sore throat, which has happened a lot to my patients lately. And instead of getting the sugar free lozenge, they were just sucking on um, a lot of lozenges that over the counter. But unfortunately, they are not aware of the sugar content in there. So, one of my patients came to me, her level was like 12. I'm like, well, you need to start insulin right away. I'll write a report to your doctor recommending that and then i realized she was like really swallowing like swallowing her saliva and trying to cough a little bit ah, in between like, yeah and i said well what?" and then i it just clicked on me i'm like well did you have any problem with your throat and she said yeah i've been sucking on this 12 a day i'm like aha uh-huh. maybe that's why <laughs> yeah so the moment we stop
0: that her sugar level comes back to normal isn't that amazing? So something as simple as that can be picked up by the pharmacist and, oh, you know, and we don't have to put people on extra medication, which is great.
1: Yeah, and I always always say to patients, especially when you're pregnant, you need to always check with your pharmacist because a lot of medications is not recommended. Essential,
0: knowledgeable, indispensable. Your pharmacist. So if a woman does go on insulin and she needs that for her diabetes, what are some things that she needs to be aware of?
1: Oh, that's a very good question. So obviously after the diet control, if it's not successful, then they will be put on insulin. So usually depending on what level, if they level predominantly high at a fasting level, then they will be only put on slow release insulin. Uh, if they level the higher two hours after meal, then we put on short-acting insulin before the meal. And if they levels everywhere, then we put on the combination, so depending on what their reading is presenting. And as much as we want to lower the sugar level, we don't want to lower it too much. But unfortunately for pregnant ladies, because sometimes they get morning sickness, so. They don't eat as much, but their sugar level is still high, and then so when they have insulin, then less likely they might end up with a hypo. So that's also a very important part of education we provide to make sure patients understand the what to do. They do have hypo, and obviously, more importantly, the prevention, what kind of symptoms and signs of hypo. And usually this is when I get a partner to come in, to make sure they are aware, because sometimes when you're having hypos, you don't know it yourself. And so it is very important, the whole family is engaged in this management for gestational diabetes as well. And what happens is, um, as we discussed before, insulin resistance can happen when the hormones are counteracting it, as well as when you are not moving around. And that's why we ask patients to do physical activities. So when you're on insulin and you do exercise, that's when we have the worry of you might end up with a hypo. Obviously, we want patients to still do exercise and physical activity, so this is when we will teach them how to plan their exercise, how to prevent exercise-induced hypoglycemia and how to adjust the insulin according to what time they are having their exercise done and things like that and how to change them, which just the case they are changes in their daily plan so sometimes patient might say oh i'm going to go for a run in the morning but then she has morning sickness therefore she's not going to go for a run. and she'll end up
0: doing the run in the afternoon then we'll teach them what to do in that case so that's great. It's really adjustable to whatever's happening in that woman's life, which is great. It means that she can still exercise and and still eat and, and know what to do um, if, if her sugar goes too low, which can be a really um, life-threatening thing, can't it? Oh, you can, yes. And then so having...
1: Having hypos or hypos, neither one of them is good. So that's why I say to the patient, we want it just right. <laughs> so this is the time I encourage patients patient, make sure they definitely keep in touch with their doctor, their pharmacist and their diabetes educator. So always support them through the journey.
0: Absolutely. Fantastic, thanks Viv. Now, what are your five indispensable tips for gestational diabetes? Um, the funny thing, actually, is uh, my tips for patients
1: with diabetes is actually the same, uh, but I do have an additional one for just diabetes. So number one thing I always say to patients, it is best that you understand your condition and what type of diabetes you have and how you can manage it. And number, one, number two is to be very kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Because a lot of times, it's actually a le- lack of understanding rather than what you did that's causing diabetes. And obviously, when you are kind to yourself, I don't mean eating all junk food because that's actually not kind. And that's why a lot of misunderstanding patients upset, because I have patients that went to the Endo's and said, fifth says I have to be kind to myself and I feel like a cake, therefore I have the whole cake. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. and number <laughs> that twists my words. So <laughs> the second patient obviously self-care because like having diabetes is not easy, especially for GDMs is even harder because you are already having a medical condition with the pregnancy. And then you know not being well is probably not going to make it any better and then you feel like there's nothing you can do. So sometimes, that's why I say to the question, make sure you get, give yourself a self-care and ask for help if you need it. There's no shame in helping, asking for help. It's worse when you don't ask for help and then you got worse because if we don't deal with the GDM properly, you actually uh, have high of in type two and your baby also has the risk of having childhood obesity so number three is that you i always say to my patient that your body is the best doctor and what i meant by that is that your body will tell you something is not right so you need to listen to your body love your body and then you know write down the symptoms and things you notice that your body is telling you then go to see the doctors that can help you and number four for me i don't understand the culture of dieting in the Western world. <laughs> I, to me, food is, to, is a nature's gift for us to enjoy, rather than to be, fear, to be feared. And as you can tell by that statement, I'm a food lover, so I have anything and everything that you can eat. So I teach my passion that as well, but obviously there are some things we can eat more, some things we should not eat as much, but ultimately we are human, we need to enjoy life. So I said, you know, if you want to cake at your child's um, baby shower, go ahead, have it, but make sure you don't overdo it and make sure you do extra walking and exercise after that. And another thing, ultimately, number five, which is very important is to move your body because our body is designed to be moved, not to sit down in front of TV or just sit and do nothing because that makes it worse. And the additional tip for GDM patients is to watch out for the stress and sleep quality because even so those two can affect the blood sugar levels, but a lot of people are not aware of that. But at the same time, I don't want my GDM patients to use sleep and poor sleep as an excuse not to manage their diabetes. So hopefully that's um, also applying to all the listeners out there as well.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Viv. I love that. And I particularly like number four that we, that's right, you know, food is there to be enjoyed and we shouldn't be fearful. We just need to I'll sometimes get some advice on, on what's the best thing to be eating and, and in what quantities as well. And, and your pharmacists can help with that. Oh, definitely.
1: Like we, pharmacists are highly trained health professional and we are
0: definitely underutilized. Yes, absolutely, I totally agree. Well, thank you so much for your expertise Viv. I know so many people will have learned quite a lot from this. I've even learned things that I can utilize in my own practice. So thank you so much for your time.
1: Well, thank you Anna for inviting me to share this because this is part of my calling to help people do well with their diabetes and live
0: well with confidence. Fantastic. Thanks, Viv. Indispensable contains general medicine and health advice and is not intended to be a substitute for professional, individual medical advice. We endeavour to ensure it is accurate and up-to-date. However, we can't guarantee that it will always apply to you. Always seek the guidance of your pharmacist or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding your health or a medical condition. This is brought to you by me, the Indispensable Pharmacist. Don't forget to subscribe to Indispensable and leave a review so we can help more people. Look us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn by searching for Farm Online. That's P-H-A-R-M online. I'd love to hear your suggestions for the next topic to be covered on Indispensable.